Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to episode 64 of Double Hot Beat, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. So this week, we the holidays are approaching, James, and we thought we would give everyone a little bit of a different option than beer for this holiday season. So today we are speaking with Rachel from Crave Mead and we just want to know what is all the buzz, Rachel, about mead. Wonderful. I'm really excited to be able to be here. Thank you. Well, very glad you could join us. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. So we are just going to kick it right off and ask the question for those who don't know, what is mead and how is it made? So mead is honey, water, and yeast which is uh, different than your beer or your wine, where you have hops for beer and grapes for wine. So that is the main difference. You can use any honey that you'd like, and we specifically use knotweed honey. It just has a very good aroma, and it's always very consistent. And we just mix the three ingredients together, three pounds of honey to a gallon of water and yeast, We make ours in 200-gallon tanks, and we let it sit for about three months, and after three months, it's done fermenting. That's a little bit longer than beer takes. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is, and it depends on the temperature, too. So the colder it is, the longer it takes for it to ferment. And so, of course, the bees play a huge part to play in the mead process. Um, You mentioned the weather. What would colder weather versus warmer weather, how does that impact your mead? The colder weather uh, makes it take longer uh, to ferment. The warmer weather helps it ferment faster. The difficulty in making mead in one single facility is that our tanks are on a rotation. And if you're filling tanks on a rotation, your temperature is important because if it's too warm, then your tanks that are done fermenting will continue to ferment out and taste differently than you'd like them to be. And your tanks that are just starting um, need that warmer temperature to ferment. So it's that's been kind of touchy. The more tanks that we add, it's been more difficult to get the fermentation process exactly how we want it to be because we want everything to taste the same tank after tank. And and of course, for those listeners who aren't too familiar with mead, Shane and I weren't familiar with mead until we visited your meadery. And we were just blown away by how many different flavors of mead were. We just thought there was one mead and that, mm-hmm. that was it. What kind of flavors do you have in your meads and how are those flavors produced? So everything is all natural and most of them are produced with juices. We tend to stick to things that are light. So on our bottles, we have a bee, and that bee is the color of the juice that we use. Uh, we do use some fruits. We also use uh, spices, but for the most part, we do use juices. We try to get things that are all natural, juices that are all natural. We use a lot of purees and a lot of nectars. And we tend to stick to things that we think that customers will enjoy. We also take a lot of feedback. So 
couple of years ago, someone said that they wanted mango and we started making mango. Um, we have our specifics to different holiday seasons. So this one is an important holiday season for us coming up with a lot of our flavors being, you know, important to like the fall. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that about the bee color. That's that's pretty yes. cool. It's a very <laughs> subtle hint. I didn't even notice that while we were yes. we were there with you. <laughs> yeah. Each each color it kind of portrays what you're going to be drinking. That is very cool. I like that. Uh, I also like your logo. It's very simple. I think it it conveys exactly what what you're selling. For those who are listening, we have some pictures from our visit when we went to see Rachel at her meadery. So some pictures of me with the bottles. So you can see the labels in the background with the cute little bee on them. And it's just, I, it's very simple. I like it. So at your meadery, for those local, what could they expect with the tastings that you offer? Um, if you want to talk a little bit about the kind of experience you go through with a tasting for those who are looking for a special buzz holiday gift for Absolutely. their significant others or their family members around these holiday times, what what's the tasting all about? We are trying to offer people an experience So a lot of people go to a facility and think that it's going to be a tour. Mm -hmm. And I like to try to tell people, especially when they call to make appointments or they see me at a farmer's market, that when they come in, I don't want them to be disappointed because we are a very small facility. We're only about uh, 650 square feet Mm -hmm. and everything is done right where you're standing. So there isn't an actual tour, but you can expect an educational experience We let you know exactly how we make the mead. Um, We can explain what goes into our tanks, exactly how we pull down from our tanks and flavor our meads. And then we like to go through each individual flavor so that everyone knows what's in each bottle. And then we choose five flavors. It's one ounce of each of those five flavors. And I like to choose a variety where I can compare Mm -hmm. and contrast everything that's on the shelf, because at any given time, we have at least 12 flavors, if not up to 16. And so it's really difficult in only tasting the five flavors. Uh, So I just like to take the time to go over that. And most tastings take about 45 minutes to an hour to go through everything that we do, all of the products that go into the mead to flavor it, and then answer any questions that are left at the end or during. I really enjoyed the tasting that we did with you. And I, I love that it was in, you know, your, your space is small. There's no, you know, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. But I, I liked the, the feeling of you, you felt like you're in the action. You know, you're standing right next to the barrels where the meat is fermenting. I just thought it was a very, it was, it was unique because it wasn't a tour and you weren't going through, you know, a production line and, Here's our bottling right. facility. It was very down to earth, homey. Yeah, I think. and I do consider it home away from home. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's we're very laid back, and we like every everything to be right out in the open so that you can see it. And uh, it's it's fun, and it's I think it's a great experience for people because I don't think they realize what goes into it and how mm-hmm. small we actually are when they see us on shelves or doing a tasting at an event. Definitely. Yeah. I was going to say it was, it was very warming and I say warming because (laughs) I, by looking at the building that you guys are in, I was expecting something totally different. And then I was just blown away by actually when we stepped foot into your space on just how welcoming you were, Rachel, and just how great the setup was. It reminded me of my home brewing setup at home and just you're in the thick of it. 
folks. You're yeah. you're right there. You're right with all where everything's made, and I just love that. And it was very authentic, and it didn't seem like an overdone production of some of these larger uh, companies that come in, and you're just doing the rundown. This was very like inviting into your home, which we really enjoyed, and it was very private. Like we loved that element of the tasting. On, mm -hmm. especially during these times, you know, it's nice to be able to go with some people that, you know, your inner circles and you can still have a good time and enjoy, enjoy a great product like mead. I also kind of felt like a VIP because, you know, when you go to these other places that have tours, usually there's 10, 12, sometimes 20 people on the tour with you. So I felt like a, you know, almost like I was getting an exclusive experience. And I think that it does take longer with less people and it is what I've been seeing is that people are more receptive to it. Mm -hmm. They really enjoy it. They spend a long time there. They do ask questions, they get them answered. And the feedback I've been getting is the same thing that they're having a much better time than if it were something on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. And I that. yeah, one of the things that we noticed when we were there, which was interesting because as we mentioned, we did not know how many flavors went into meat. I thought it was just honey, and that's it, um, is that you had while we were there, I'm not sure if you still have it, but you mm -hmm. had the barrel-aged mead, which James is actually still drinking right now. Um, <laughs> he has it in his glass. And that was a very interesting concept to us because, you know, you hear about beer aged in bourbon barrels and things like yeah. that, but I didn't even think of the concept of putting mead in a similar vessel. So if you can talk about like what what is your process there? What's the, what kind of barrels are you using? Absolutely. We use Sons of Liberty whiskey barrels. And for the most part, they have always been bourbon whiskey barrels. We use their battle cry barrels. And it picks up the hints of the whiskey, picks up the oak, it picks up hints of coconut and vanilla, and it just mellows out both the dry mead and the whiskey flavor. It makes it very smooth. And it is one of our most popular needs. We have a more difficult time producing it because it's small batch. It also takes longer to sit in the barrels than it does when we're adding juice to our meads. And we don't always have barrels. So like right now we're on our final run of the barrels. We get to bottle it and then we'll reach out to Sons of Liberty and find out if we can get some more barrels. And right now what we're doing is during these hard times, they were nice enough to allow us to take the barrels and then we'll bring them back to them. Mm -hmm. And then they will see if they can make something in those barrels. So I'm anxious to find out what they do with those two barrels that they take back from us. And then I'm anxious to get two more barrels and mm -hmm. start another round of the barrel aged. Yeah, I think with this particular mead, when we had it at the tasting, I didn't really notice the oak or the vanilla. But now that mm -hmm. I'm having it again and again, I'm now picking up the oak. And last time I had it, I picked up the vanilla. And it's something that like, even though it's the same exact mead, the more you have it, the more your palate can kind of pick up different flavors that you wouldn't like a beer. And I think right. it's just incredible how complex something like a mead can be. It's interesting because I've always told people that it's always the third sip. So if you take a sip of mead and you think that you don't like it, try it two more times because it's really interesting. Sometimes that third time you just, there's something about, like you said, with it being complex, mm -hmm. there's a different taste 
to it the third time versus the first time. And I find that even myself tasting some of the meads that they taste different, you know, even the same bottle open tastes different on day two than it did on day one. And it's the same thing with sipping it. Yeah, I think having three sips is not difficult. I think you'll <laughs> soon find yourself with three glasses. And uh, for those the table. For the, yeah, for those who don't know kind of the alcohol percentage range of mead, Rachel, what what percentage range are your meads? 12 to 14%. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know that it's 12 to 14%, you'll soon find out uh, later on after you enjoy some. We, we have been holding off on the black... Opening the black current because we are oh. nervous about how much we will consume and we don't want <laughs> we don't want it. we're gonna wait till there's a couple more people with us so it's not just the two of us sharing that one but um yeah that one's basically juice <laughs> and it's dangerous yeah. so uh you've also inspired james to get a sons of liberty barrel to put some of his beer in so <laughs> oh my gosh that's so great oh you'll have to let us know how it comes out definitely so I was going to ask great. you, do you have any tips or tricks on so it doesn't leak? I know one of the things with whiskey <laughs> barrels is that they leak a lot. And is there any way of kind of getting over that? Or you just got to have something to collect if it leaks? So we we have had um, we've had like those totes, heavy duty mm-hmm. totes that we put it, put them in when we first fill them. And once we have filled it, and it, I guess, consumes all of the mead, it eventually stops leaking. And then we can just fill it more, but definitely have it in some sort of vessel because we have gone to fill it before with mead and we've lost, you know, half of the barrel. So it's better off collecting it in something. (laughs) Yeah. I have to tell you though, what's really interesting is that the barrels that leak have a more potent flavor in a really good way it's very interesting Mm -hmm. it is really interesting i don't know if it's the age of the barrel because the last barrels that we had received from sons of liberty were much older than the previous barrels and they had an amazing taste to them interesting Mm -hmm. i i just keep pouring this barrel aged mead and i'm just going "Mm, i can't can't (laughs) wait for more and then now i'm just even more excited for the imperial stout that i'll be doing in the sons of liberty barrel yeah, I would love to know what year yours is. Ooh, I'll have to look. I'll have to yeah, look on that. it'd be interesting. As you've said, you have many, many different flavors. Yeah. And as you told us when we were there, you don't necessarily drink alcohol. Is that correct? That is correct. So <laughs> so that's an interesting um, thing for you when you're you yes. know, trying to sell and, and tell people how it is. <laughs> Even though you don't drink it, do you have a favorite mead or favorite I flavor? Do. I do. I actually, so I have three. My first one is black currant. And like you said, I mean, it's just, that is one, even though I don't drink, if I'm going to choose to drink something, that is something that I would drink. And it is very difficult to stop. It does (laughs) taste like juice and it is really good. And I don't know if it's because we're not used to black currants in the U.S., but it just is so juicy for an alcoholic beverage that I love it. It just has the best flavor. Recently, though, I go back and forth between the blueberry and the mm-hmm. chocolate marshmallow. So I don't know if we had, did we have the chocolate we marshmallow? We did have the chocolate marshmallow. Okay. Yes. Yes. And there's something about the the fact that the blueberry and the chocolate marshmallow should be sweet and 
have a little sweetness to them, but they're pretty mellow and they're not overpowering. So they're nothing like, you know, our apple cobbler or our creme brulee. That is what I like about those two is that you can drink them and they're not overwhelming. I agree. The apple cobbler was definitely one of my favorites when we were there. Yes, that one. And that this is a perfect time of year for it. Oh, definitely. Yes. I think, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Yes. Definitely. Hanukkah. Yes, Hanukkah. Yeah. <laughs> All the holidays. Yom Kippur, every, but any yeah, kind of holiday during this winter season, I think mead is like the perfect beverage to just mull over, enjoy by the fire, or you're going skiing or snowboarding and you just are at a lodge. Like it's just the perfect, yeah. you, you don't need to have a lot of it. You can just enjoy it and mm-hmm. really get that full body experience of you know, it's it's got a good mouth feel to it. And I know a lot of people say that, oh, I've tried mead once and it was very thick. And, mm-hmm. and it's something I think every mead, meadery is a little different. And I think right. some of the flavors also can even that out a little bit more. I think yours are perfectly blended where I didn't necessarily get that thickness that we've had other meads from our previous uh, where we used to live. And it was totally different. So I think everyone just needs to go out and try their local meadery and really just try something new. So for someone trying something new who wants to get into mead or is thinking about getting mead for a relative to, as a nice, you know, a nice holiday gift, what would you recommend for someone who's never had mead before? What kind of meads would you recommend? So it's interesting. There are three different types of people to recommend mead to or when you're Mm -hmm. recommending mead. And the first one is the person who is very interested in it for the honey aspect. And if it's that aspect in particular, then I recommend the dry mead because it's the honey, the water, the yeast, and they will get that taste from it. And I don't think that they would be disappointed. The second group of people are usually the people that I see at our farmer's markets that we can't do tastings. And I would suggest the black currant. And the reason I do that is because some of them are very put off by the fact that it's literally a honey beverage Mm -hmm. and they don't want, or they don't think they want to taste the honey. So by offering the black currant, it's most Mm wine-like. It still is a mead in that it's not going to exactly taste like wine. And that's how I explain it. It's a little bit sweet. It's a little bit tart. It's very juicy. It's the most wine-like. And the feedback that I've received from the people who come back is that they love the black currant. They all of a sudden know that there's a mead that they like, and then they Mm -hmm. come back and they want to try another one. And that usually gets the ball rolling for the people who have never never had mead that don't want that honey flavor and they wind up enjoying them all. And I get to see these people over and over again and I get to ask them questions and discuss with them if what I'm telling them is correct and it always has been. And then you have your person who might not want that juicy mead and might not want that honey mead. And that's when I tend to tell them to go for something like the blueberry or the strawberry, depending on what season it is because they're going to get the fresh fruit taste and they're going to have the back feel of the alcohol and the mead, but they're not going to be shocked by the honey taste and the sweetness. 
Now, I got worried for a minute there. I thought she was about to describe Shannon, myself, and then <laughs> in the worst possible way of, well, we have these three different types of people. Oh and uh, James is the type that comes in, and he's looking no. at the barrel-aged mead, and then I have to set him down to reality and say, okay, you got to try them all, James, okay? Don't get your, you know, all hopped up over here. You did good, James. You were very open-minded on trying all of the different types. That's so funny. <laughs> but so what type, what would you fall into that category? And I think I'd fall into that category two, if not maybe one. I think I'd be on the board of that type one, type two person. I, I was interested mm-hmm. in the honey, the dry. I liked the dry, but I was more interested in that black currant. And that really did get me. That was my one of my favorites for yeah. sure. Can I be all three people? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm interested in, I'm interested in honey and in, I guess I guess one and two too. I don't know, but I also liked the blueberry and the strawberry. I feel like I would try anything, so I would be the hard customer to recommend to because I would just say, I don't know. They're all give good. me anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it is very difficult when I go to an event and people can't do tastings. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're going into it blindly. They've never had mead. They don't know what they're trying, and they're purchasing something that ranges from seventeen to for the most part, $25 mm-hmm. a bottle. So yeah, I think the black currant is definitely a good kind of gateway into meat, especially for someone who doesn't really understand what it is. Yeah. And most people, like you said, do associate with wine. And so the black currant is a good way to get someone get their feet wet. And then they might come back and be like, Oh, I, I liked that. Let me try other, you know, fruit flavors or absolutely maybe not the dry, but go for something else and just explore a little bit more. So I think that's, that's a good, mm-hmm. good recommendation. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I can't imagine how difficult it must be for you with a, a meadery because, you know, if you think of these craft breweries and you have the customers that come in and say, Oh, well, I like Bud Light or I like Coors. What do you have? Or I like a blonde or I like a stout and you can kind of direct them in the same yeah. kind of gauge. You're going in completely blind of, well, you haven't probably, if you haven't had mead, okay, you haven't had mead, okay, do you drink, then you have to kind of go to, do you drink wine, do you enjoy wine? Yeah, so then you can direct them maybe to the black current, but you're you're totally going in blind, so I have to give you so much credit for being able to get, get that knowledge and to share it with your customer base, so I definitely applaud you for that, and I would recommend, if it was me, and say I was pouring the taps of the mead here... <laughs> I would say don't let James pour any taps. Don't pour any taps of mead. Uh, The barrel aged mead, I would highly recommend to anybody that's a whiskey fan or bourbon, or they Mm -hmm. enjoy those kind of darker beers, um, the Imperials or even IPAs, even because it's a it's a showstopper, and I think it definitely it enhances the flavor of the mead. Versus, I don't think the whiskey is too overpowering where that's the star. I think it the mead definitely shines through, especially after having the dry, mm-hmm. um, especially mm-hmm. getting that sweetness from the dry of that honey. Um, but I think if you're someone that's enjoying more wines, I would definitely say the black currant was, would be my go-to of just this aroma from it is just so reminiscent of a nice fine wine. I, and I think you're right. I mean, I would say the same thing. You're going to make me want to open a bottle of meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, James is driving you to drink. I drive, I drive everybody to drink on this drink. show. So I apologize <laughs> to anyone out there. 
Um, so speaking of recommendations, if someone is bringing this, like goes and gets some mead for a holiday party or they're looking to entertain at their home and get some mead, is there any specific foods that go well with mead? Yes. So we definitely talk about pairings a lot because most people feel like it is a dessert wine, Mm -hmm. which is what it used to be. And it's not like that anymore at all. And so the, the dry mead pairs well with anything you can pair it with. Um, well, they all go very well with charcuterie trays and any type of appetizer that is either warm or salty. So, and that goes for all of them across the board. And then starting with the dry, it really goes with any types of meat. Um, when you get into your, Semi-sweet meads, which I would consider being the blueberry, the strawberry, the pomegranate sour cherry, those go mainly with pork. They can go with turkey. And the other ones that would go with turkey very well coming up now are the apple cobbler, the cranberry orange. And that's what they were made for. They were made for the holidays, for Thanksgiving. Then you get into your black currant. Black currant pairs really well with red meats. And so any type of beef and also pork. So you can really pair them. Um, It also goes well with pasta. The dry goes very well with pasta. I've actually done an event with um, Indian food where they served charcuterie trays uh, on the front end as the appetizers. And we paired a bunch of different meads with the charcuterie trays. It was kind of, you know, whatever they wanted. And then we did the Indian food for the main course and we did all of our dry meads. Mm. And then they had a sweet dessert and we did the creme brulee and the apple cobbler. So it was really kind of cool. We used all of them at this party with all of these different types of foods. Wow. I think that really shows the diversity. And that's what I was just going to say. It's (laughs) so diverse that... It's just amazing what you can do with it. Definitely. I mean, now I now I want to go get some meat. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have to work in the morning, I'd probably open that black currant, but, you know. Yes. That's funny. All right, Rachel. Well, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but as a new father, I'm oh, really gosh. getting into jokes and puns. And okay. since uh, we have uh, the bee queen with us, I want to ask you a joke. Okay. Ask, ask her a joke or tell her See, I got to work on my delivery here. This is just uh, terrible. The kid's already going to be embarrassed, and I haven't yeah. even started the joke. This is terrible. <laughs> What's your joke, James? Uh, so why do people drink mead? Is it a joke? To get buzzed. Oh, God. Oh my God. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> That's funny. I, I thought, actually, that it had something to do with being a new father and the <laughs> fact that mead originally was given to people who were going on a honeymoon oh I did not know that yes and, because of the word uh, honey <laughs> yeah yeah and so they were supposed to take mead away with them and they would go on their honeymoon and then the woman would come back pregnant oh wow Oh, geez. Well, Just pollinate those flowers. Oh, oh dude. Wow, Shannon. I'm assuming it. from drinking so much. Yeah, meat. apparently. <laughs> but that is, if you look up honeymoon, that is where it came from. Oh, I did not know that. Well, look yeah. at that, Shan. Look what my terrible jokes and puns <laughs> I, got. I know. It'll get some good information. You know, I love a good history. So 
That is very appropriate. Well, I think, is Rachel, is there anything else you want to touch on? I think... I don't think so, other than the fact that we are um, working very hard on redoing our website, and we've switched over online shipping to the website, and in just 10 days, it has really made an impact. We've had people ordering. They couldn't find us before. Now they're finding us, and we also just started coming out with six more bottles that are 375 milliliters instead of okay. 750. So the 750s will always be available, mm-hmm. but we will also have some of our flavors in 375s. Okay, great. And where yeah. can people find you? Your Instagram, website? Yeah, in Instagram, Facebook, and our website. And if you look up Crave Mead, we should pop up. On the website, it tells you the liquor stores that we're in. And on Facebook and Instagram, it will tell you where we're doing tastings. And we've got a lot of tastings coming up for the holidays. So we have a lot of big public events that we'll start posting about. And we look forward to seeing people at them. We can actually do, we can open more bottles under the roof of a liquor store than we can in our facility. So you can come and taste many different types of meads when you come to a liquor store for a tasting. Wow, that is great. That's like mm-hmm. the best Thank news. I, I, I'll try to be, you know, I don't want to be the first one in line and I don't want to take up all the mead. Um, I'll just back, back off, back off, my mead. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get possessive. You know, I'm like an angry bee here, Shannon. I need my mead. Oh my That's okay. We've got plenty. <laughs> it's plenty for everyone, James. You don't need to, you don't need to crowd. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I hope all all of our listeners learned a lot about mead and are interested to try it out for the holidays. Thank you so much, Shannon and James. I really appreciate it very much. Thank you. Well, a special thanks to Rachel from Crave Mead for joining us on this Brewside chat. You can find Crave Mead on Instagram at Crave Mead. Make sure you buzz over to their Instagram page and give them a follow. We're also looking for homebrewers to share their story with us and so please dm us on our instagram page at double hot beat podcast and as an independent podcast your support means we stay that way so please please rate and review and subscribe to our little podcast and tag your friends on your favorite posts and episodes yeah that really helps us get some listeners so we want to thank you for that and this has been double, double hot beat. beat catch, catch you on, on the, the brew side, side. Bzzz.